You have now arrived at Stadium Engel. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And it's Nick. Sort of. <laughs> What's up, sort of, Nick? How you feeling, man? You all right? Uh, we'll just go ahead and apologize for the voice. Had a, a really good time. Uh, shout like out it. to my friend Kyle Bagan. I'm sure he'll listen to the podcast on his way to his honeymoon. Uh, Kyle and Tori had a beautiful wedding. Uh, down at Clearwater Beach, and as you can tell, I also had an awesome time at the wedding. Yeah, man, it's always a good time when you're a horse, man. Um, pod through the pain today. You're telling some loud lies in the club. I know the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Just yelling at someone's ear. Yeah, yeah, yelling at somebody's ear, man. So, uh, what was you drinking on this weekend? I seen y'all. Both of you boys looking quite festive. I wasn't having quite the good time as you guys, but I had an okay time. What were you drinking on this weekend, Nick? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, if it was wet and had an alcohol content, I was not saying no. Uh, shots, champagne, vodka, whiskey, seltzer. Mm. I think that's it. Tequila. There's tequila. That's what you messed up at, man. You, you get to the age right. where you just can't be just drinking everything that got alcohol in it, but. Age is just a number, and I feel 74 today. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big number. That, uh, Dapper Dan? Yes, sir. Kings of the West? I was. I was down in Key West. That's a wild place. That's a place that uh, you need to visit maybe once or twice in your lifetime with a group of friends. Any more than that might put you on your deathbed yourself. Uh, I had a great time. It was a little windy down there all weekend. Uh, so we had plans to go boating. Weren't able to do that. I uh, a small craft advisory, uh, but did take out some jet skis. Um, that was a uh, that was a wild experience dealing with, you know, three, four foot waves on a jet ski. Not something I would recommend doing. Worked out every kink in my back, though. So feeling like a new man there. And then uh, and that Duval Street's a, a crazy place. Uh, the place was was humming all weekend. Uh, I had great weather, man. It was a, it was a, a glorious, glorious weekend. It's my first time in the Keys um, probably in 20 years. So, um Places, places popping. Yeah, that place is lawless for sure. Yeah, we so, went down there one time. Must have been like freshman year of college, and we didn't know that it was Fancy Fest. We just showed mm. up, and we get down oh, in the key, we down to Key West, a, and we're looking around like surprise. we're like, what? What's happening here? Like, oh, it's Fancy Week. Like, this is this is it the whole week. We're like, we didn't did not know. Okay, that's a, that's a wild time to be down there, Nick. <laughs> lawless. Y'all so, went down there of uh, a bartender's bash back in my day. I don't know if they still do that anymore. Uh, I ended up, you guys, y'all had quite quite a blast in some nice cities. I was in a small town called Wachula mm. Saturday for my cousin's graduation. So shout out to my little cousin Jethro, class of 2021. Um, and I went to graduation as well on Friday. I was all graduation this weekend, and I just chilled at the crib. That was about it. Took the boys with me out there to hang out a little bit at a graduation party, and then Trucked it on back home. I ran through a lot of small towns, man. I tell mm. you, you go east and west and start traveling across this state, you, you run into some sketchy towns. You sure do. Yeah, I've been to Wachula a few times. 
Uh, every year, my family uh, has the uh, the famous Thompson, or pardon me, Mears family reunion in Sebring, uh, which isn't very far from Wachula. Right, so right. I often uh, make my way through there, and um, that that is certainly a small town. I think that they have a Walmart, um, and if you pass the Walmart, um, you're probably no longer in Wachula. So, um, do you have yourself a good time over there, though? Yeah, yeah. For the for the couple hours I was there for that, that uh, graduation party, and I got out of dodge before the sun went down. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you, dude. You never know. You never know what you're gonna see out there. Word where, up, man. Where is it? It's West Coast. It's, it's like, middle of nowhere. Like Polk you know, County, kind of like some weird way. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like you know, like Sarasota, Fort Myers. Like you draw a triangle, you know, triangulation, like right in the middle. <laughs> it's like right there. I think it's like near Sebring. That's the only, that's all I know. All right. Uh, well, I don't think we have any listeners there, so they won't be offended, but I'll put it on the list of places to go visit. Dan. Shout us out on Twitter. If you live in Wachula. Yeah, man. So that was my weekend. Let's get into some Gator talk. What you got, Dan? Yeah. yeah let's do it. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friend Lee Friedland at the law firm of Friedland and associates. So if you have any issues with medical malpractice, auto accidents, um, really anything that you need you know, civil service for. Give Lee Friedland a call, 1-800-95-INJURED. Again, auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, personal injury cases, 1-800-95-INJURED or yourfightourbattle.com. Again, Lee Friedland, yourfightourbattle.com. Big news today, boys. The Florida Gators as we called it on this show, our national champions in men's tennis. They went into the NCAA tournament as the number one seed. They stormed through everybody, a bunch of 4-0 and 4-1 wins, all the way to the final against Baylor down in Orlando. Lose the doubles match to start uh, off the uh, the tournament, but then go 4-0 in the singles matches, end up beating Baylor 4-1, that is the University of Florida's first ever national championship in men's tennis. That is head coach Brian Shelton's first national championship as a head coach of any program. Uh, and his son, who was a freshman, uh, was one of the uh, the players that led the team to the uh, Florida Gators' first men's national championship in tennis. So congratulations to them. It is a unbelievable and illustrious honor, and we are looking forward to getting Brian Shelton or some of the uh, coaching staff on the show here in the next couple of weeks to talk to them. But congratulations to them. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, big rackets. Yeah, big rackets. Um, <laughs> on the other side of the uh, sporting world, Nick, we want to dive into baseball a little bit because the SEC tournament is going to be starting this week. Baseball had a tough week against number one Arkansas uh, going 0-3 uh, against them. But, Nick, talk to us a little bit about uh, baseball this past weekend. Yeah, I watched uh, – I only got one of the three games in since I was out of town. Um, but said last week on podcast, uh, Florida needed not to get swept at Arkansas and not lose their first game uh, in the SC tournament. And uh, they went ahead and got swept at Arkansas. And they'll play Kentucky tomorrow, brunch with the Gators at 10-30. Um, from Hoover, but shout out to Florida because I would be in Hoover if it was not a single elimination game. So save me uh, seven hours of driving to uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, Florida's going to go with Tommy Mace tomorrow, and that tells me that Kevin O'Sullivan knows we need to win Tuesday 
or that's Wednesday. The big dog. That's the big dog on the mound. That's, that's yeah. That's your your number one guy. Um, okay. Okay. And typically, the way the tournament works, it doesn't matter if you win the tournament, um, unless you're a team like Auburn who might not make the NCAA tournament. Auburn needs to have a really good week. Uh, typically, Florida just uses this week in Hoover to get your pitching staff ready for regionals because that's when the games really matter. Um, but Florida's in a situation where you might not even host a regional if you lose Kentucky tomorrow. And uh, you can tell that that's what Kevin O'Sullivan's thinking by throwing his ace tomorrow. Because normally uh, in, in major leagues, you get five days in between a start. Tommy threw four days ago. And in college, you normally only pitch once a week, once every seven mm-hmm. days. So he's throwing on short rest. And that's telling me that they're valuing at least the first game of the tournament. Um, if you win the first game, then it goes into a double elimination. And then they'll pitch, you know, Hunter Barco and those other guys. But uh, nice. Florida doesn't does not want to go into the tournament, you know, losers of like six of their last seven or, or yeah. losers of five straight. What do you think happens? How are you, how are you feeling about this game? Uh, they'll beat Kentucky tomorrow, I think, with Tommy on the mound. Um, I just don't know. Baseball's a weird sport. I just don't think this is uh, the way the team is playing right now. They got hot, and then obviously. Can't talk too bad about them. They, they lost to the number one team in the country. Arkansas has been ranked number one the last 13 weeks, so they've been dominant all year. Um, I just don't know how, how deep of a run this team can make. Tommy Mace pitching well. Hunter Barco's pitching well. But after that, there's just not the kind of pitching depth that the teams who get to Omaha and do well in Omaha have. So Talk to um, me about the bats, man. You're talking about like a lot of pitching. What's up with the bats? <laughs> uh, the bats were not alive <laughs> last weekend in, in Arkansas. Uh, but Judd Fabian is second in the country with home runs still at 20. Um, he had a bad weekend in Fayetteville. I just don't know. I don't know about this team. It's, I'm interested to see how serious they take Hoover because um, they're not typically there for a long time. They're just there for a good time. Um, but you have to kind of have a good performance. So I'll, I'll, I'll know more tomorrow around noon. Um but the bats, we all we all know more. They, they, they got to shake. They got to shake something up. I think um, that's wild. Silk Dixon, a way to get his takes off till after the game's over. Yeah, yeah. We'll he's like, down. he's like, as I said, this team was prepared, or as I was saying, <laughs> this team just wasn't quite as prepared. Listen, that's how I know I'm prepared. Giving myself outs, no matter no matter the outcome. I like it. That's um, they get they gotta do some shaking up in the lineup. But listen, they're a good team. They should beat Kentucky, uh, and then. Once you get deeper into the tournament, everyone everyone's gonna be using their pitching. So who knows when you're throwing, you know, freshman versus freshman in a you know a SEC tournament semifinal, you know, on a Saturday. Who knows? Hmm. Nick, who uh, and I don't want like to to call out people or name names necessarily, but who? Why did we think that this team was gonna be so much stronger? Maybe mm-hmm. than Nick they, told than us they that. are. He he didn't listen to me. So, well, no, I did. Um, <laughs> But, like, I, I mean, obviously developed a ton of talent or, you know, brought sure. in a bunch of talent, ha- didn't lose a, a lot last year, returned, you know, quite a bit of the roster that they that they expected. You get a little bit older. This team seemed to, to operate a little bit better last season than they are this year. What is what is the difference? Yeah, so, I mean, when you start 16-0, and 0, you know, finish 16-1, and 1, and you really only lose two players from that team, you get everyone coming back, you think, well, sure, they're going to be great. Um, Florida had not an easy schedule. You know, the you, every year you go to Miami week two, so they, they beat Miami. Um, the teams that, you know, if you're just like a, a casual fan, you think, oh, JU stinks, FIU stinks. Like there's a lot of really good baseball talent in the state of Florida, and those guys stay in state. You know, every once mm-hmm. in a while 
Florida Gulf Coast will have a really good team. Jacob DeGrom played for Florida Gulf Coast. Um, so it's not that they're playing bad bad teams. They don't have the name recognition of a big D1 school. Um, so I think what happened was they beat up on, on those teams, and then we didn't get to SEC play to really see how good that team was. Season gets canceled, so they just automatically, hey, they were number one when the season ended. They got everyone back, put them back at number one. If I go back and think about 2019 – uh, that was a really tough year for Florida. I had to fly out to Lubbock, Texas to go to a regional. Um, and those are all the same guys. So I think what's happened was the guys you thought would take the next step. Like we talk about, Hey, he's going from his freshman year to his sophomore year. He's gonna make this big jump or sophomore to junior. I just don't think we've seen that kind of progression. Um, a guy like Franco Aleman, who is you know going to be drafted this year, hasn't pitched up to, the level that they thought he was going to when he transferred in from a junior college. Um, and then, you know, Judd slumped in the beginning of the year. I think he really gets the bats going and you've had some injuries. The injuries in the bullpen have really hurt you. Um, and, and I think there's just a, a team that's kind of been up and down and just inconsistent, consistently inconsistent all year long. Mm. Mm. Well, I guess as long as you just keep winning and moving forward, you know, there's still an opportunity. All you have to do is win. One game at a time. Well, I think the problem is, so the way that COVID, the way that they're handling the tournament with COVID is they've already announced 20 sites that can host, and Florida's one of them. If Florida loses to Kentucky on Tuesday, they could be in a situation where there's a Gainesville regional, so they're playing at home, but they're not even the number one seed in their regional. And talk about embarrassing. Like, yeah, we are lucky to be able to play at home, but we're not even the number one seeded team in our Gainesville regional. I think that's what they're trying to avoid right now. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll do what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing to the Florida Panthers right now. Tampa Bay obviously is is the lower seed. The Florida Marlins had the higher seed, and they're whooping up Florida on them. Florida who? Florida Panthers. Marlins. Florida Panthers, Marlins, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, never count out somebody that might be in second, but hopefully they, they grab that first, uh, you know, seed in the regional. So, Nick, there's 20 regional sites – 16, 16. So there's a they named 20 potential, okay. and then the top 16 teams get to host a regional. Four teams in each region. Okay. And then from there, have they announced the super regionals? The uh, super regionals. Teams. That's a big yeah. tournament. Yeah. So there's uh, the selection Monday will be this coming Monday yeah. after all of the conference tournaments. Uh, that's noon on ESPN2. Um, so it's a four team, 16 regions. Each region has four teams and half of them start on Thursday, half start on Friday. So it's kind of scattered. Uh, and then by Monday you'll have, you know, the 16 teams that are left playing against Omaha. Uh, they call them national seeds. If you're seated one through eight, that means you'll host a, a regional. And if you get through, you also host a super regional. And then if they lose, it's the next highest ranked team. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Well, but Florida, Florida had a chance to sneak into being a top eight team, and that's not happening now. Um, if, if they win the SEC championship, is there a chance that they can move in? Or I don't think so. Not not after getting swept. Um, I think they I think they could have even snuck in to a top eight seed if they would have lost the series one to two, but not not after being swept. Um, and, and I don't know if Florida even has enough arms in the bullpen to play six games or five games in Hoover to get mm -hmm. to the point where you would win a championship. 
are, a tournament championship. What are the rules on on pitchers? Um, and how many games do they have to sit before they can pitch again? If you're a starter or throw not little league, there's no rules. It's just like, but but you're but um, yeah okay. Well, like like, what's, a, like a Tommy Mace is yeah. is he's going to get drafted. He's going to be a professional. <laughs> yes, he wants to win a championship this year. But like if if you're gonna throw my son 134 pitches on Monday and try to run him back out there Friday, we're gonna have some some strong words before that game and my son won't be back on the mound mm. um there's no rules in terms of you know usage though you're getting a little sassy with my questions about baseball rules ladies it's definitely not a little lead though dan you're, you're, right you're making me that. talk for so long i'm that's this yeah. is i might might just keep going my throat's gone um so Pause. gators play kentucky yeah, first <laughs> kentucky first okay and this is just single elimination all right well well, first game, so the, so the SC tournament makes no sense. The first games tomorrow are single elimination, and then it's double elimination until there's four teams left, and then it's back to single elimination. Like I said, Hoover's not for me. There, that, that's a wild, uh, it's a wild schedule there. But the show goes on, and we wish the Florida Gators baseball team the best. Hang out with me Tuesday, brunch with the Gators. Bring Ramosas. Yeah, I got time tomorrow morning. I know he's playing for breakfast and shit on the Tuesday. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll pull up. See if I can give y'all some good luck. There it is. You're not helping the guys. I got to help them out a little I'm bit. I'm certainly Nick. not. It's been my fault. If you if you read these mentions, I wasn't even I wasn't even covering the game, and people are yelling at me on Friday night. Hmm. Might have been well, Dan's burner's account. No, no, no. I wasn't I wasn't on Twitter all weekend. I don't think. He's in the West. Maybe, maybe fought, maybe fired off some things the other day. He's of the West. Oh yeah, I fired something off when I was at the airport. But I think outside of that, I was I was off Twitter, off social media, just trying to just trying to vibe a little bit, Nick. Um. Well, perfect. Well, let's get into some other exciting news. We're going to bring Neil Blackman on to the show. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Roof Soldier and RoofSoldier.com. So if you need a new roof or if your roof is leaking, maybe your insurance company is making you replace your roof. Maybe you just bought a new house and you need a new roof. Give them a call. 1-877-ROOFSFL. Again, that's 877-ROOFSFL. Mention Stadium and Gale, get $1,000 off a roof replacement. Again, that's roofsoldier.com, 877-ROOFS-FL. Before we bring Neil on, we're going to talk a little bit about him. But the Florida Gators made a basketball uh, hire today. The Gators entered the day with two uh, assistant coach openings. Uh, The Florida Gators announced today that they're adding Oklahoma State assistant Eric Pastrana to the staff, Pastrana has spent the last two seasons as an assistant uh, at Oklahoma State uh, and was the recruiting coordinator uh, there as well. Um, Oklahoma State signed the number four uh, recruiting class in the country in 2020, including landing the potential first number one, or probably first number one uh, overall draft pick, potentially Cade Cunningham in that class. Uh, the Gators did lose, as we said earlier uh, in the uh, a couple weeks ago that uh, they lost Jordan Mincy to be a head coach at Jacksonville and Darius Nichols to Radford. Uh, Pastrana is originally from, uh, from the state of Florida. 
He graduated from FSU. He worked at Kansas State under Frank Martin, spent some time at Northwest Florida State College, spent some time at FAU, Daytona State as head coach, and as an assistant at Florida Atlantic. He is a big name in the Florida basketball scene, uh, had coached AAU for a few years with the Florida Rams as well. So Eric Pastrana is the Florida Gators' new assistant basketball coach, and we're going to bring on Neil Blackman, who knows a hell of a lot more about <laughs> men's basketball up, than we Welcome to Stadium and Gale, my friend. What's up, guys? How are y'all? We're about to start GoFundMe for Dan's internet is what we're going to do. <laughs> did, did my internet cut out again? <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to bring that up with Spectrum. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Spectrum can do anything, but they can take the upgrade to business. <laughs> I got I got 500 MBs over here. I don't know what's going on. but I, I think you have eight MBs. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. But, Neil, enough about my internet. How are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm good, fellas. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hanging out, man. We are excited to bring you on. Uh, did a did a long, a little bio on Eric Pastrana, but what do you know about him, Neil? What does he bring uh, to the to the table as the Gators' new assistant coach? I think the two things that people are going to care most about are uh, development, kind of a rep for a guy that can develop kids, um, and then I think. You know, he's the ace recruiter that can that can step into Darius Nichols shoes, which I think when when you look at a guy like Darius Nichols, you know, he was just it's just one of the best recruiters in the country. Um, And so that was a big ask to replace somebody of of his caliber on that front. Um, But also somebody I think Florida, you know, their fans fans are not always just knee jerk reactionary. Right. Like. There is a, some issues with developing certain types of players, not guards. Under Mike White, they've done pretty well, but at other spots. And I think that's, that's what uh, Eric Pastrana brings, is a guy who's coached at the JUCO level, a guy that's coached AAU ball. Um, and everywhere he's gone, he's had to develop kids to win. Uh, and they've done that. Now, when you say that, um, I, had, I think it was Trey told us last year that Darius was kind of like the um, the coach that they would go to in terms of, hey, I'm having girl problems or I don't like the way Mike's using me. Any any, any kind of spectrum of problems. Is that kind of what you're getting from Pastrana? Like he's going to be the player's coach, the guy that the guys really lean on when they need to talk to him about like, hey, I got an F in this paper. I need to figure something out. Yeah, I think – so I do think they're going to make another hire here in a second. I think that's going to be more of, of an X and O hire and that absolutely they think Eric Pastrana is going to be that replace that aspect of Darius, the guy that holds the locker room together too. Um, you know, and, and he's been like that. He was just like that at Oklahoma state, which was a really different team for him because it was a real young team, real similar to what we've seen at Florida the last couple of years. This is going to be a little more like the Stephen F Austin teams that he was an assistant with where it's a real old team and it's just about coaxing production out of a bunch of guys that play with a chip on their shoulder for the most part. Um, And I do think Eric Pastrana will be the guy they go to. Another thing I like about him, and I didn't mention this as the other two, um, is I do think it brings energy. It's not that Mincy and Nichols didn't. It's just that sometimes a new voice is good um, in the program. And, you know, he's a Miami guy. It was amazing. Like, 
and Eric Fossey gets more than me, but the amount of DMs that Eric and I got today from coaches and people who are like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a really good hire. That guy's going to bring juice. Like he's, he's from Miami. It's about time they got somebody from Miami in the program. Um, you know, nobody said anything. There weren't any like, oh man, I don't know about this. Um, and we get those, <laughs> we get those. So, uh, it was that I think that collectively is good because it's these are all basketball people that are like, man, this is good. This is big time. Uh, but I do like the Miami energy that he'll bring too, um, and I think I think a lot of the kids are gonna are gonna connect with that. We're big big South Florida vibes on on this podcast here. All, all of us here, including Neil. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Neil, where you from, Neil? No, that's my. Uh, I got my I got my Palm Beach uh, Cardinals hat on, but yeah, no, so. So I'm I'm from Atlanta, but I'm also from from Jupiter. I oh, went to Dwyer. So. I, w- I went to Dwyer. So oh man, oh nice, nice, nice. Dwyer, that's that's proud alum of that around here, man. That's that's prestigious stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> Shout out to Neil, Palm Beach County boy, man. We even right now. We we can make it to a little swabble with these boys right now, Neil. You jumping me, man? You jumping me? I don't think so. Now, Neil, one thing when I was when I was writing like the the story up today, um, and he's a, he's a young coach, but he seems to move around a lot. Is that just typical of young coaches in basketball, or is that something where you look at and you think, okay, this might be a hire for two years, three years, and we're trying to find a replacement? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's a riser, um, but I don't. So what I would say about it is that can happen with guys that are that are rising through the industry pretty quick. But in his case, you have to kind of look a little closer, right? Like he coached at Stephen F. Austin for Brad Underwood. And then Brad took the job at Oklahoma State and brought Mike Boynton with him. And then Mike Boynton, who is one of the best young coaches in the sport, um, takes the job at them when Illinois decided they finally didn't want to suck at basketball anymore (laughs) and decided they would hire – Underwood and spend a lot of money on their program, which, you know, I wouldn't say it's not an Alabama type deal, right. Where, where they were a legit program and just needed a saving. But like, if, if you want to make a comparison, that's good for Illinois, you know, I mean, they, there was no excuse for a program that has that much access to Chicago and is like big state U to, to, you know, shout, he got game. Like they should not have, they should not have sucked for as long as they did and they hired Underwood. And so he's from that tree um, and he's pretty much gone where those coaches were. It just happened that three of those years were Stephen F. Austin. I mean, the only thing that happened was he tried to get back home and he went and worked for Dusty May for a year, mm-hmm. which is the connection to Mike White. He was in Boca. Um, there are worse places to spend a year coaching ball. That's Blaine um, Giffen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yo, man, for real. Right. Um, and then, uh, that's it. So, I mean, the only two times he's left that tree are to go back home. And this right. is, he said it today. He said, you know, I wouldn't have left if it weren't what he thinks is one of the elite programs in college basketball. So, you know. Neil, we, we've heard a lot of names. Well, not a lot, probably the same five for the last <laughs> month, month or so. Um, Eric Pastrana's name wasn't one of the ones that was mentioned. Is this a pretty, pretty big coup by Mike White? Uh, and, and did this name come out of nowhere or had you guys been hearing some smoke for the last couple of days? We heard some smoke for the last couple of days, but uh, yeah, I think it's a coup given that a lot of people 
were really thinking that it was going to be Adam Cohen, who uh, is the associate head coach at Stanford. And whether or not, you know how, y'all know how it goes. Like nobody ever says no, right? You never hire your second choice. So, uh, you know, think of, think of that as you will, I guess. But Adam Cohen was in the mix for a while. No, they talked to him multiple conversations and they end up hiring Eric Pastrana um, who had connections to Dusty and then Mike Boynton and Mike White are good friends. Would um, they be, would they have been like the similar type of coach? Yes. Yes. Both. It would, it would have, they weren't, they were looking to, to check the ACE recruiter players coach box. Um, the only difference is that Adam Cohen runs a little more of the offense at Stanford than Eric Pastrana has handled at Oklahoma State. But I think the second hire that Florida will make will be the offensive guy. So I do think they're going to check the boxes that the fan base wants smartly, right? Let's hire an offensive coordinator or somebody who can get that thing rolling a little bit um, that that ain't going to be Brent Pease. And then let's hire, um, you know, a guy that can, that has the chops to recruit. They need a defensive coordinator because I think there's just right across the street uh, they can get some help there. I, I mean, other than, other than this year, Mike could coordinate the defense for for Dan, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Now, hey, go ahead. So, real quick, Neil, uh, what do you think about? We, we made some uh, additions to the basketball roster, and um, I mean, some people are optimistic about next season. What do you? How do you feel about the roster that we have now? So I. I do think I think that some of the people that are saying Florida did really well in the transfer portal are correct. Um, the two things they did is get older and they got more balanced. And Billy Donovan used to say, if you want to win in this sport, you either need to rip up and and hit four stars, five stars all the time and then have them hit. Or you got to get old and stay old. And um, Florida tried one path and, you know, should have gone to the Sweet 16. We all know that. Um, should have won that game, but didn't. And now they've gone a different direction. They got older, stayed older. Arkansas just did that last year. They replaced 10, 10 guys, Silk, um, hit the portal for 10 dudes and went to the Elite Eight. And the, they were all – they were just an old team. They added one big-time recruit – two big-time recruits for them, whereas Florida has one. But that was it. They blended two big-time recruits and a bunch of transfers – with an old team and, and, and went deep. So I think this will be a different type of Florida team, real balanced. I like the idea of getting a bunch of kids that are hungry too, that like, I don't care that none of them came from teams that won a lot last year. Penn state has won plenty of games uh, where Myron Jones came from. Um, They just kind of had a tough year last year, but I like, you know, you get the best player on a mediocre team. um, He probably shows up pretty hungry. Right. With the with the grad transfers and now the one time transfer, I think it's going to be easier to get old and stay old as well. Yeah, I mean the the portal is changing the sport more than the one and done ever did because there were only a handful. That yeah. feels a little weird though. Like like just it, getting these uh, quick rosters and making runs, it just feels weird though. Like how do y'all feel about the feel of the game with that though? It does. It does feel weird, and I think one reason I like the Pastrana hire on in the getting the recruiter is, you know, you got to do both. You can't just hit the portal 
and flip it over every year. You have to do what Arkansas did. I mean, like I said, they signed two big-time recruits. Florida, uh, Kawasi Reeves is more ready to play than Trey was, and Trey would tell you that. And he's more ready to pay because Trey needed like a year of Preston Green, right? Like he needed to lift weights and figure out how to take care of his body. And he's definitely more ready than Scotty was, which only basketball people really knew because they were kind of like, you know, Scotty is an elite athlete and a great defensive player, but was never going to figure it out. Off- he's a guy that's going to get to the pros and figure it out offensively. He's going to be like, there's some coach is going to be like, do you want to play in the G League forever or not? here's what you have to do on offense. And I mean, should Mike have done that? Sure. Maybe, but you're right. So you got to do both because it does feel strange. And also there's the chance that the chemistry of it just blows up every season. Like you're mixing guys. That's tough. Neil, which, which transfer or two transfers are you most excited about? Uh, So man, the two I'm most excited about are, uh, CJ Felder, who I had a assistant after he committed to Florida um, from FSU that texted me and said, Oh, y'all finally got a dog that isn't Keontae. <laughs> and like, I kind of was like, ow, man, you know, that, that stings a little bit, but uh, CJ Felder was probably the best player on a bad team in the ACC. Um and a guy that okay. if, he, if he weren't on a bad team would have been ACC Defensive Player of the Year um, and can really, really rebound, which, you know, if, if you watch some of Florida's games that they they lost, like the late game in Knoxville to Tennessee where they just got clocked on the glass, uh, I think he brings a toughness that, that you need when you play on the road, especially if you want to play the way that Mike's best teams have played, which is to be tenacious defensively and then get easy baskets from your defense. Um, CJ is going to be a guy that helps them do that. The other guy that I'm, I'm super excited about is Myron Jones. Look, Noah Locke shot 41% from three point range in his three years on campus. That's really good. Um, the thing I like about Myron is that he shot 42.5 in a better league. I mean, you know, so he's coming from the big 10, uh, a better basketball league. It's like, if you, you know, Florida brought in Justin Shorter, like think of the opposite, right? Like if an SEC, a very good SEC wide receiver bounced to the Big Ten for his senior year, you'd expect him to, to replicate that production. The key with Myron is going to be, can Mike put him in spots to do things that, that he's successful? He's a great shooter off screens. Florida doesn't do that a lot, right? Uh, he's not a guy that's going to create his own look. Florida got some of those guys like Flanders Fleming. Can can Florida find ways to get him open? Is that well? I mean, last year was different. Obviously, you, you built everything around Keontae, and then now you're you know while trying to play two games a week, trying to figure things out. Do you think Mike has that capability, or is it the next coach that comes in, the guy that we're calling, you know, the quote unquote offensive coordinator, the bigger X's nose guys? Where hey, we really need to lean on that new coach because we need to not, you know, the square peg round hole need to figure out how to get these guys in positions to be successful and where they are going to be better players. Yeah. I think they've got to do a little better uh, job of putting players in position to succeed on offense. I think, you know, I know that the defense was not quite as good as it had been last year, but I think a lot of that changes if you get Keontae on the floor. Right. Um, And I also think, 
I, I like Omar Payne. I think he's a nice kid, great family. Um, but I didn't think he was ready for high-level defense in college basketball. Like, if you can't defend the pick and roll, you have a problem as a as a quick big in college. Like, it's going to be a long adjustment for you. And, like, will Omar be good at Illinois eventually? Probably. But he was not ready. So Florida has pick and roll weakness, which C.J. Felder is going to fix some of that, I think, just because he's so quick um, and so long. Uh, but, you know, offensively, that's been my biggest complaint with, with the white basketball in the last couple of years. And it really is the last couple of years. Like, I mean, you know, Andrew Nimhard – when their their biggest play late in games a lot was if if they couldn't get Keontae isolated, it was like Andrew Nimhard used his size to back someone down and shoot. You know, that's not great stuff. Florida's got to run better actions the second action, right? And what I mean by that is Florida will run one set, and it, if the first set doesn't work, what happens when you have to reset everything? And I think that's ISO. what Florida gets. Yeah, well, and it's not even ISO. Like Florida will run one pick and roll or one ball screen – and if that gets blown up, then everybody's stagnant and nobody's moving. And that happens a little too much. Um, so I do think that Florida's got to do better at that. And I do think that the second assistant they hire will be somebody that, that is capable of, of uh, helping them fix that. Then the question becomes, you know, is Mike going to listen to him consistently? Yeah. Which I, that I think he will do. Well, go ahead, Neil. I know you have your own podcast, but you can just break the news. To, uh, who, who's the coach? We'll just stay here on Stadium Miguel. Yeah, man. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm good. I look, look, I think, I think that they're going to hire Christian Webster from Virginia tech. Um, that is the name that's been around. Uh, I would, he was the offensive coordinator at Harvard for, for Tommy Amaker. Uh, when Tommy Amaker got there and Harvard ran really great stuff. And then he tutored under Mike young at Virginia mm-hmm. tech. And then y'all talked to Eric Foster before the NCAA. It's like Virginia tech runs beautiful stuff. Like, I mean, even when they were playing Florida, like they're just running stuff that was like leagues better than some of the things that Florida was doing. Um, but, you know, and that was actually a game where Florida ran pretty good offense. I've got my story's already in the, in the back end on rivals for that one. So thank you. That makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had to actually stop talking to Eric when he was talking about Virginia Tech. I got him going and I, I couldn't unwind him. <laughs> No, man, I, I like them. They, they just run uh, – they run really nice offense. What What about him um, – what, what's his future look like? Do you think he's a, a couple-year guy or is he I, – I literally know nothing about him and I didn't have time to research. Um, sure. Is he, sure. he going to be a guy that's going to be here for a few years? He's a guy that's still climbing the ladder or – Do you like the hire? Yeah, well, I like, I like well, the idea. Been made yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like I like Webster um, because of the time. Like, if they had hired him straight after he had been the offensive coordinator at Harvard, like, I get it. They had good efficiency numbers, whatever. But it's still like, oh, man, you hired an assistant from the Ivy League, right? Um, but I think you hire a guy who's on a staff where they just won ACC Coach of the Year and are way ahead of schedule, like from Virginia Tech. You pluck their offensive mind off their staff. That's pretty good. So I like the hire. Do I think that he's a guy that is gone quick? I think that's a risk with Webster. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a risk more than with Pastrana. I think if uh, if Christian Webster, you know, Florida plays real well next season and surprises some people, makes a deep tournament run, then, yeah, I mean, Christian Webster is young. 
he's a black guy. He's got a degree from Harvard. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's really smart. He's personable. He's, I mean, what about that doesn't say head coach right now? So comparing these well, two. Last. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, that's – yeah, no, that's fair, but you know, that's, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, what I, what I, yo, Silk, what I like about this though is that uh, it's the white guy. Now, I granted he's Cuban American, but still, it's that the ace recruiter is Pastrana, right? Right, because how many times yeah. does it matter? Like Jordan Mincy, one of the best defensive coaches in America. Like mm. Everybody, everybody thinks that, um, and people always talked about his recruiting. It's like he's the worst recruiter on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil, if Webster and Pastrana is hired, if Webster gets hired, oh, do you like that combo better th- than Mincy and Nichols? I, I like it better – as a staff, the composition of the staff I like better because I think it allows Mike to stop meddling with the offense. Mm. And I think Mike would disagree with me, and that's fine. Mm. Uh, but Fawcett agrees with me, which makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> I think the fan base tra- goes with you and Eric. <laughs> yeah, I, I trust look. Fawcett too. You're, you're winning the, the the battle of public opinion on that one. <laughs> look, the bottom. Look, I think the reason that Florida Florida was a top twenty defense under White the first four seasons. That's elite defensively out of three hundred fifty teams. Um, and forget like the two hundred fifty that aren't in the Power Six or whatever because it's a Power Six in hoops. But you know, um, Florida was really really good on defense, and it was always about can they do enough offensively to win. Well, look. The last years, Mike has gotten more and more involved offensively since Dusty May left. And I think that has hurt the entire operation. Uh, I think that Mike needs the CEO, needs to focus on being good at recruiting, focus on being good at evaluating transfers, which is something he's done successfully at Florida, and stay away from meddling in the offense. Um, And I think that Christian Webster helps him do that. So I like the staff composition better but you'll never hear me say anything bad about Jordan Mincy or Darius Nichols, uh, who I think are both going to do really well. Although, I, man, Jacksonville is such a tough job. But we'll is see. Is it a good thing when, you, when you're telling the head coach he shouldn't be meddling with the team and just be <laughs> CEO and just recruit? Well, he's he's a he's a great defensive mind, right? Like, you know, so, I mean, I know, like – Must change. Yeah, and I, you know, and and Nick knows I hate the the comps uh, to champ because Mike's never going to get to a point like if Mike gets fired, it's going to be because he loses in the first round too much and the team never wins the SEC. It's not going to be because the whole operation blows up and he goes four four and eight. Although I I think Blanca Wayne is hilarious. I got to tell you guys that. <laughs> but like, but <laughs> I mean that that is objectively funny, but. You know, one, one thing we never have to worry about Blanca Wayne doing is like going the full McElwain and going like having a losing season and like creating death threats and embarrassing the university, right? Like that's never going to happen right. with Mike. It's just going to be like, dude, you didn't win enough. Sorry. And another thing with White, and listen, Florida's in a situation where they, they were on probation in the late 80s, early 90s, and then said, we're never doing that again. 
You just had that happen with football where you're on probation. It's not like a Will Wade situation where LSU just doesn't <laughs> care. Florida will care if Mike White is on tape saying we made a strong-ass offer and Mike's not going to get you in trouble with Ever. cheating on the recruiting trail. And I think Florida values that right now. Yeah, no, it does not hurt that uh, that he is one of the most well-liked coaches in the building. Maybe maybe the most outside of uh, Brian Shelton, who just won a natty, right? Whoever, whoever's the latest natty winning coach is the favorite coach on campus. So it's Brian right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, yeah, no, I mean, to Silk's point, um, would we prefer a head coach where we're not, like, telling him to stay away from one part of the operation? <laughs> You know, I think he got overextended, and maybe it's the way that I put it came off badly. No, but uh, Neil uh, Al Pickens—that's that, what it is, right? Al, Al yeah. Pickens. Um, yep. There was some some talk before, uh, maybe a month or so ago, that he was a potential candidate at Illinois. There was a potential that he might be going somewhere else. Uh, how did Florida retain him? Did they pay him more? Did they just convince him that the opportunity here was was just as good? Or or, or what happened with that? Because I don't know if we ever got the full story. Yeah, I mean, he's it was essentially – and it, I think this is, you know, again, we'll never – no one will ever confirm this unless someone inside the building tells Eric or me or one of y'all. But I think Adam Cohen didn't want to take the – demotion from associate head coach at Stanford to assistant at Florida um, after moving his family across the country. And Al Pinkins gets a raise and stays associate head coach. Um, And I think a lot of the Illinois noise was about, you know, salary. And Florida has a full roster going into next year, or is there any other potential transfer moves? I think that um, Florida's going to add someone. Castleton almost certainly will return. Uh, So that reoccupies that spot uh, that they're holding. And then I think the question becomes, what does Florida do? Do they take a flyer on a a three-star type freshman just to add another freshman because playing time is already going to be spread out? Or do they try to hit the portal – which, I mean, names are still going in, you know. I mean, we saw some big names just last week with uh, Katie Johnson from Georgia, although he made his his uh, decision real quick. It's pretty, fu- it's pretty funny and also sad to see that, like, Georgia is the basketball school where players leave to go to, like, other SEC programs that are better. <laughs> but that's kind of what they've been reduced to in that sport. And, um, you know – is what it is. I don't think anybody's shedding any tears for him. Yeah, you hate to see it, huh? Yeah, you you do. You hate to see it. But I think uh, I think <laughs> I think I think Florida could go the portal route. My guess is that it will be someone young, uh, maybe a big. There's a kid from Hamilton Heights, Tennessee. They've been recruiting um, named Brenton Brenton Matumbo. Uh, I don't believe that there's any relation to uh, to Kim Bay. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I think that might be the guy they signed. He's He would be a, a center. Well, Gator Twitter will just make up a relation like they did with, uh, with Tyreek Sapp. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
Well, also, uh, can you dispel this rumor that was on Twitter today? Eric Pastrana not related to Travis Pastrana. <laughs> <laughs> the famous, famous dirt bike rider. No relation. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm neither confirming or denying that. Oh, that's that's what we need. That's what we need. A little mystery. Yeah, he is related to Frank Martin, who so was. Uh, my that friends, was my. Yeah, go ahead. My friends used to say that Neil knows my dad, that my dad looks like Frank Martin, but I think it was only when Frank was scowling while while on the bench, and they're like, yeah, I've seen your dad yell at you like that. That's the same face. <laughs> so, yeah, man, your dad does look a little like Frankie Martin. Right? Um, are, are they related? Because then you'd be related. You'd be related to Eric Pastrana. And Travis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going off the rails. I like it. I like it. They yeah. play cousins. Yeah, so. I like this one. <laughs> Everybody's got a cousin in Miami. That's, That's right. true. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> true. Well, Neil, we'll let you. Uh, we'll let you go. Uh, give everybody a reminder where they can follow you. Talk about your podcast. Talk about all sorts of things that you want to do to pump your tires a bit. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at NW Blattman. You might not want to follow that one <laughs> because if you don't want if you don't want European soccer tweets blowing up your feed every now and then, you, that you know that might not be your your one of choice. But I do. Uh, you can find that and, and my football stuff and basketball stuff at Saturday Down South, or follow me at Florida BB Hour on Twitter, um, and that's our podcast, Florida Basketball Hour. Uh, Eric Fall. Did you lose me? Oh, I lost you for a second. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was just going to say, check us out, Florida Basketball Hour. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Give us a listen. Drop us a rating. You know those things help. Um, so any of that is good. And, and you know, make sure if you haven't left a review and a rating for Stadium and Gale, you do that too. Look at that. What a guy. Look at that. I got, yeah, I, I, got I got all my dogs on automatic download, Neil. So you just automatic rip, man. Even if I ain't listening that week, I don't get to it. You're gonna get this download regardless, bro. That's how, <laughs> that's how I move. Hey, man, I I appreciate that. I appreciate Already. that. Just just get my back the next time Dwyer plays uh, Aquinas in the in the playoffs. Man, y'all owe me money, man. Dwyer, <laughs> like I lost a lot of money. Uh, Matt Elam's senior year when they played Glade Central, I bet against the the hometown. <laughs> I bet against the hometown and then I lost. So you owe me some money, Neil. All right, All right man. Uh, I'll make sure uh, next time I see you. All right, man. Thanks for hanging out. All Appreciate right, it, Neil. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Neil Blackman. Can't believe There's that was really, his first time on the show. There's really no better place to go for basketball news than Neil and, and Eric. I think yeah. I think Gator Twitter was trying to get Eric on staff. I try. I think, I, 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 think I argued with Neil one time on back on, on back with basketball on Twitter one time. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. He just knew way too much stuff, and like my tail <laughs> ran out of. I was running out of Blanco jokes, so I was just like, yeah, yeah, let me just get out of this conversation real quick. You're like, damn, I ran, I, I ran through all these jokes I wrote down. Yeah, he actually got stats. He's got numbers. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to let these jokes fly. And he knows what they mean, unlike me. I just post stats. I don't I'm often know to, what they mean. I was trying to distract him with memes. He <laughs> was laser focused. <laughs> <laughs>
Dude, that's wild. Well, Neil, that was that was good. Uh, that was good stuff there, man. So shout out to Neil. Go give him a follow if that is your favorite podcast. Um, we're his favorite podcast. So your favorite podcast, favorite podcast. So go check him out. Um, exciting stuff there. But let's give a shout out to Carlton Black. Let's get a little bit into football. Shout out to Carlton Black yeah. with Cardinal Financial. He's licensed in Florida. Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. So again, any type of home loan, conventional loan, FHA loan, construction loan, uh, refinancing, anything that you might need in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Virginia, give him a call, 404-769-5501, carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Again, carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Over the weekend, the Florida Gators landed a commitment from Missouri transfer defensive back Jadaris Perkins, who we talked a little bit about, I think, a week ago or maybe it's two weeks ago. Uh, his name came up. He was formerly the number five JUCO player in the country last year, signed with Missouri back in February. In April, he announced that he would be looking to transfer. Former teammate of Dewan Black, who just enrolled on campus a few weeks ago at East Mississippi Community College. But the Gators grab a cornerback from Missouri via the transfer portal on Saturday. Silk, Nick, your thoughts on Jadarius Perkins? Uh, 6'2", rangy kid. I was concerned about the opposite corner of Kyrie Elam. Um, I, I just wasn't a, a huge believer in, in, in where Jaden Hill was by the end of last year. So I kind of was penciling in on uh, the freshman Marshall to come in and probably play some corner in my mind. So um, I think it's a good get. This kid can play two years. Uh, I think he's going to play. I, mean, I don't know, like, what anybody, any film anybody else is watching, but I think this kid can play. I think he's going to be the starting <laughs> corner opposite of uh, Kyrie. He played a nickel as well. He's a, he's a guy that can play multiple positions. They like those versatile guys. Not not sold yet on Jaden. No, I think he's a little like he's a little on the slender side, man. I think he need to put on some size. I don't think he's ready to play on the outside and SEC get off blocks with wide receivers. And I don't know. I haven't seen it from a physical standpoint. I think he has a lot of potential, but I don't think he's ready to be on the outside right now. Ready, that guy. And maybe getting a, <clears throat> an older guy in give you just that year buffer. Yeah. Yeah, then you know Kyrie's going after this year, so um, yeah. it's not even a buffer. Like this guy, he may be a two-year starter for you. Oh, don't forget about my guy Jason Marshall, though. Yeah, I like Marshall. I've had, I had him penciled in as a starter in the fall because <laughs> I thought he, he would eventually take over Jaden. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a physical standpoint, once he gets a little bit more acclimated to the, the game speed, he got to play spring over the summer. He's going to work out and be working out with these guys. So I think in the fall, he's going to be ready to go as well. That's just this up that room. Now we got able bodies that we're throwing out there at corner and not just trying to after Jaden goes down, then what? We got a freshman. So that's a, a really good extra body that got his experience. Um, I don't know what happened at Missouri. I hope his commitment sticks because he just played a spring and got out of there. But um, I think it's a good ad for, for the staff. They haven't missed in the transfer portal. Here's one that uh, I just thought of when you were saying that. Is there <clears> – because <throat> uh, the cornerback, defense back room is a room that I want as many guys as you can, as much talent. Is there a room where you could have too many guys? Like Florida, like this year, the running back. Do you have potentially too many running backs? Would you? Yeah. I know mm-hmm. a cor- I know a quarterback, if you have more than four, you're probably going to lose one through a transfer portal. You really want to have like one in each in each class. Is there a room 
where you don't want more? Is that a stupid question? I don't even know if I'm framing it the right way. Um, I think our running back room is crowded right now. At, I would say it's most probably the most crowded room as far as like, I mean, how many running backs can get on the field? Nick, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's a different position than like DB. Yeah. You, them guys are more flexible and and they can play different positions. Running back, bro, like in a lot of snaps there. So if that room get, gets crowded, it gets weird. Mm-hmm. Nick, like, that's a that's like a quarterback. That's a, a good question. I was just going through the roster right now. You know, of the people that we know we're going to get playing time next year, Kyrie Elam, obviously, Jason Marshall, obviously, Jaden Hill, obviously, just because we've seen them play. Um, then after that, you have Avery Helm. You have Ethan Pouncey, who was highly regarded. You had Jahari Rogers, who was highly regarded. Or was he the one that just tra- – he transferred. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, then, and then you have Jordan Young. You have, I, I think, another addition or two in there. Um, and then you have Patrick Moore, who was a walk-on. Um, and I know he got some burn, you know, during last season. And I know he played, you know, quite a bit in the spring game. I'm not saying that we should expect a lot out of him, you know. But, you know, I think to answer your question, I don't think it's too crowded right now. I think next year it gets pretty crowded. Crowded with what, mid? Like, I don't like, Depending I'm on how honest, like Well, no, uh, it, like, well, no, I mean, you're exactly right, Corey. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's crowded with, like, great exceptional talent, but I think it's just – it's crowded in terms of you're going to have a bunch of freshmen, a bunch of redshirt freshmen, and a bunch of sophomores on that roster next year that I can see next year or potentially, you know, after this summer, there being a, a slew of people that transfer. Right. That's I guess that's what I was getting at roster management. Because I mean, if you have six tight ends on the roster, what are you doing? Like you don't need six scholarship tight ends. But if you've got fifteen DBs on my roster, I'm cool. That's fine. You mm-hmm. slide them around, nickel outside. We can find a spot special for special teams. Like you just need mm-hmm. defensive back. There's some there's some places to put you. But you know, like six tight ends. Okay, there's no reason to be using scholarships on that many tight ends. So I guess that's what I was getting for. Like, is there a room where you don't want more? Like I'm, you want to sign another defensive back? I'm cool. But is there a room where you're like, no, no, we're good here? I just think they go, they go out the, they don't waste like getting guys out of the portal. I think when they go to get guys out of the portal, it's a need, and they usually hit on it. So that, that seems like a business transaction. Like in terms of recruiting, you're the five star high school kid. They love you. I think yeah. when you're when you're coming yeah. as a grad transfer or transfer portal, it's like, hey, this is how we view you playing next year. If you're down with this, this is what we're offering you. But there's no like sugarcoating it when when you're talking to transfer portal uh, graduate transfer kids. Yeah, I think they just do a better job articulating themselves to adults and not kids. They, they they're missing something in translation with the kids and recruiting because they hit with the adults in the portal. But you maybe they're just adapting better than other schools because it's the the one time transfer waiver is going to change everything. Um, and maybe Florida just got into the transfer portal wave better. Maybe it was just, hey, we're not getting the high school kids we need, so we got to supplement it somewhere else. I ain't mad at it. I just think that's right. that it's just something they're missing. Mm-hmm. That, that's the obvious thing, like right, because they land and they compete against other big time programs to get these transfers. Mm-hmm. So somehow we we find a way to win like transfer battles, but we can't win those battles on the, on the recruiting trail with the sixteen and to, to seventeen, eighteen year old kid. You gotta be able to do both. 
because those kids require the TikTok videos and the the the, the top tens and the edits yeah. and all that stuff. So we're missing something in that department. Regardless mm -hmm. of what they, what it takes to get them, we're missing something in that department when it comes to bringing the high school elite kids in. They need to figure out what that is because we're doing good with the transfer portal. Yeah, no, I uh, I absolutely agree. Uh, Nick, did you watch any film? I know that you're not the big recruiting guy, but did you watch anything on Jadarius Perkins at all? Uh, Dan, I was at the wedding all weekend. Well, Nick, you had an entire day of work. Um, I spent some time watching him today because I did my homework. Um, I like Very him a good. lot. Like you said, still a uh, big rangy kid. Uh, yeah. I went on to 247 to watch his video because Nick said he wasn't going to do his homework. So I <laughs> um, had to give somebody else a click. Like you said, Silk 6'2", 185 pounds, uh, plays the ball really well. I think that he's got really quick hips, uh, seems to, to have really quick reaction time. Um, if he gets beat or gets jumped on a route uh, a bit, he seems to have really good closing speed. Uh, the one negative that I did see, and, and certainly this is a highlight film and um, you know I don't know much more, um, but he doesn't seem like a really solid tackler. He seems like the guy that kind of throws his body uh, to make a tackle uh, instead of wrapping up, uh, which is something that I know Florida has struggled with uh, from a uh, tackling perspective over the last few years. So would definitely like to see that improve. Uh, but from a speed perspective, he seems like he, he definitely held his weight um, there, uh, seemed to high point some balls and then you know, also seem to, to be able to, to, to pluck the ball, you know, over some receivers as well. So I uh, really like what I saw out of him. He was a, a, a two, um, a two way player at, at times. I think he also played running back uh, at, um, at East Mississippi as well, or at least got some carries there. Uh, so obviously a versatile player, uh, but really like what, what we could potentially get out of him. And, you know, I think he definitely shores up some uh, some question marks that we had behind, you know, Jason Marshall and uh, and, and Jaden Hill. So uh, excited to see what what he might be able to do. Um, I don't know, Nick. You might know what is the the process on in terms of him signing. Does he just come onto campus and sign when he enrolls, or does he sign like now? Or I'm guessing right now. So summer A that um, the registration is done for summer A. So he might he would be a summer B. Enrollee, which means he would be getting in right right around the time you know that we're getting into um, fall camp and, and, and things like that. So um, you're you're gonna miss some stuff. But like right now, guys are working out on their own. Emory Jones is up in Atlanta working out with his quarterback coach, and, and guys are kind of doing their own things. Some guys are in town, so you're not missing anything um, super structured right now. Um, but it, it's also a different position where playing DB, you're not gonna have to. Um, you're not going to have to figure out, you know, the playbook as much in terms of like being a running back and having to pick up pass pro and know your plays and wide receivers and all that. Um, so he's at a position and he's a little bit older where you're not worried about him, you know, not being on campus right now. Perfect. Nick, I put uh, his highlight film uh, in uh on our stream yard. So you can, you can take a watch if you want to give uh, any final um, analysis. So, so silk, we named all of the DBs. We'll go through it uh, one more time. Um, besides Kyer Elam, who we know will be uh, in every down back. Uh, you have Jason Marshall, Jaden Hill, Avery Helm, Ethan Pouncey, Jordan Young, Patrick Moore, and now Jadarius Perkins. Uh, who do you think gets the most, playing time and do you have a surprise player out of that uh out of that group that that you are excited to see you talk about the younger guys 
Uh, yeah, I'm just talking about um, anybody behind Ky- anybody besides Kyrie Elam at uh, at cornerback. Bro, it's just I don't have enough like practice has been so close, bro. I haven't really seen these kids to, to like you know vouch for anything, man. Um, I think Abraham has a lot of potential. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. He had a lot of upside. A lot of these kids just had a lot of upside and speed. Um, I just gotta see more, bro. I did what I from what I seen last year. Uh, Jaden Hill wasn't. He was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we had our secondary was so bad, so bad that we wanted any type of like type of production, and he was just okay. But I wasn't excited about him being the outside guy. Um, the freshman Marshall. That's what I mean. Those are the guys I'm excited about, man. Mm-hmm. All the freshman DBs. Those guys are just Donovan, uh, McMillan. Those guys. Like I'm, I'm excited about those kids, man. Um, I'm excited about yeah, like some of the safeties. I think more so like Kamar Wilcoxon. Um, I'm excited to see where they fit him in. Where's he playing at? Uh, I think you can put him at nickel. They have him listed as a safety, but I think he's played some nickel. Um, and you know, a guy like Trevez, I think, has a chance to start. Um, it should be probably penciled in as a starter next to Trey Dean right now. So there's some some safeties that I'm you know really yeah, excited the, about. The elephant in the room is I think Amari Bernie. Like every every week that go by, it seems like he's like being forgot. Like where do you put him at? Yeah, I think right this next, kid, right this kid this guy, he, he, he can play nickel as well. He's 6'2". So I, I'm trying to figure out where they put Bernie at on the field. Right next to Todd Grantham, I think. He's he's not he's not that guy that we thought he was. Like He's not the, but he's still the put Jelani him out there, Jenkins in coverage. They still going to put him out there. Though. But he'll be a junior, so he's definitely going to get playing time. He has to play. That's All right. Those are just the rules. I'm the rules. <laughs> the rules. I'm the rules. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't make them. We just follow them. Uh, and then no, one more one more surprise. I don't know how much he'll play on defense, but maybe on special teams. Um, Finley Graham, I think he was in line to be like a punt return, kick return he was last year. All spring though. Well, yeah. Well, you lost last year with the the forearm injury and then injured in the spring a little bit. But he's a guy who I think on special teams can be um, a kind of an impact player if he can stay healthy. Right. 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 Is there anybody else that you guys are excited about at defensive back? One of the players that I think might get some some playing time uh, that maybe we're not talking about as much is, is Jordan Young. I know that uh, he did really well in Gaither yeah. High School here in Tampa. He had a um, really good spring, too. Right, and I know that the coaching staff was high on him. Again, I don't think that uh, you know Florida will um, – uh, play him a ton just because of his age and because of some of the people that are ahead of him. But I see him having of the names of the people that I named uh, besides Jason Marshall. I think Jordan young, I think has the, the best career out of those guys. That's a dandy take. That is. I'll take it. But we're right here now for, we're bro. here for the takes. We got to, we got to put ourselves out there. I, I, DB, I DB recruiting got to step up a little bit. Uh, I like the, the the past season. It was was very solid, but um, the roster right now ain't, ain't where it's been in the past. Right. That, that's just my take. Like I'm just not excited about the guys that we're gonna have to force out there because they're like upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I did notice about Jadarius Perkins though is that he's a guy that likes to celebrate, so he'll fit right in um, to this team. He's one of those guys that the ball gets overthrown and. That's every yeah, DB. That's like that's DB one on one now. It doesn't matter where the ball is thrown, if it's not caught on you, it's no fly zone. Yeah, I do that in the hallway. Just, just <laughs> <for me. laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, so uh, if you could give us a quick – well, you know what? we got we got a few other things to talk about before we uh, move on to Gator News of the Week. Um, the number one jersey, I don't think it's been uh, announced. Has it yet? Who do you guys think gets the, uh, the number one jersey uh, on offense or defense for next season? I think offense they're giving it to Cope. I think it's, it's already kind of out there. Ain't, okay, ain't that, that that might be my my bad. Well, he he Cope put it out there, but Cope puts a lot of stuff on social media. Yeah. Well, Cope said it. I believe it. Uh, and then Cox has it has it on defense. Oh well, then never mind. Well, oh, quick <laughs> conversation. And then finally, um, <laughs> which wide receiver? Uh, we talked a little bit about this last week when we were talking about running back because uh, we we strayed a little bit. Which wide receiver? Uh, that maybe we're not talking – we'll stick with the theme – that maybe we're not talking about as much. So not a Jacob Copeland, you know, maybe not a Justin Shorter. Are you most excited about uh, for uh, for next season? Jamarcus Weston. Okay. Yeah, Weston me. Uh, rolled through Clemson this past weekend. And I, just, I thought about him riding through there, man. I think he's going to have a breakout season, man. So Weston me. That would be that would be my guy. I'll go with um, Jaquavion Frazier's, though, I think. Um, they can kind of be similar players, and right. um, our receiver room so big, bro. They're huge. I mean, six three, six two, six four, six three, six three. Like Cope's the small one in the receiver room at six foot, but it looks like you know, it looks like a damn professional bodybuilder um, in the room. But the, the room is huge. Justin Shorter, six five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys are huge, man. We uh, are often again forgetting uh, the Great White Hope, Trent. Trent. I think that he's a guy that, um, you know, he's a baller. He had a good season last year in the the times that he played. Uh, He high points the ball. He's physical. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time because he's a blocker as well. Uh, So I'm I'm probably most excited about uh, about him. I think that he is incredibly athletic. I think that he um, runs well. I think that he – he completes that room. I think that you've got a lot of speed. I think that you've got a lot of height, obviously in size. Uh, but I think as a total overall package, Trent Winnemore is a guy that I'm very excited about. Maybe not the flashiest guy in there, but he I think is flashy. He's a guy. flashy. 360 dunk. Well, I, you can't 360 dunk on the man football, got though, sauce. Man. The man got sauce. Then I don't know what you be watching, but Wit got some sauce, man. Who who said he didn't have sauce? Man. And just saw a white receiver, blonde hair, and he goes, you know what? Lunch pail. He's right. the first in, last out. <laughs> see, see, this is where – the most out of the least that he has. <laughs> yeah, first in, last out type of guy. Coach's son. Uh, <laughs> coach's son, yeah. Just a, um, just a real go-getter. That room, that room, like looking at it, I, I think I forget because like they've lost so much. They've lost so much talent. Um, mm-hmm. But then you look at that room, I'm not as big in recruiting. Is this just like – um, were these guys super high rated, or is it, are we talking about like Billy's just doing a good job developing these guys? I mean, obviously, I no, know these guys, know. these guys, no, Billy went and got some guys though. Like, he, he got he didn't, he didn't get no three star gems, like, he went and got some guys. Well, we didn't know Whitmore was gonna play because he, he he played all over the place, um, at Buholes, and it was like, oh, maybe, maybe they start him at safety. I think they figured it out, he should be playing receiver, but like Weston Reynolds, um, obviously, Shorter's a transfer, but like Frazier's, oh, can't forget Rick Wells. Yeah, can't forget Rick Wells. Vario will be in our mentions. Yeah. yeah we, we, I mean, shout out to Rick Wells. Shout out to Rick Wells. Uh, only, graduated. Only one, only one football, bro. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but it's only one. I think a lot of it's going to go on, like, uh, Emory's chemistry. I think he got some good chemistry, I heard, with uh, with Jacob Copeland. They played on second team a lot all these years. So, 
Um, the guys that he's been throwing to these last few years as a backup, he's going to have a lot of chemistry with. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, man. I'm excited. There's just a lot of yeah, hype behind that's... Emory, man. People people not hype, mm-hmm. but I think somebody had posted, I read on uh, one of these apps that Emory's the highest rated uh, QB re- recruit that he uh, that Dan Money has, has had. I think since like Tebow or something. Speaking of Tim Tebow, shout out, officially signed by Silk's Jacksonville Jaguars. You got the 85 jersey coming in yet, Silk? No, I'm lying a little bit over here about, you know, the wins we're about to get, but I ain't ready to buy the 85 jersey yet. Shout, so, out to the, shout out to the new Ocho Cinco. I read a wild statistic the other day, and unfortunately it was by Darren Rovell. Um, but he said that Tim Tebow – let me find it here real quick. I'm almost there. I uh, wasn't, wasn't ready to do this. So Tim Tebow's Jacksonville Jaguars jersey is the best-selling NFL jersey at the moment. This was as of 521, so Friday. He is the first player – to have a best-selling jersey with five different teams. So pretty wild, pretty incredible stuff uh, by Tim Tebow. Obviously did it with the Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets. The- you can imagine like anything he puts his name on sale. Patriots. Yep, he was this the best seller. jersey, but I think if he puts his name on like a bottle of like water to sell. Anything he put his face on, it will sell. Yep. And then he was also the best-selling jersey in Major League Baseball uh, for a while. Uh, So just an incredible, incredible brand recognition uh, for Tim Tebow. Um, You know, the the tight end room for Jacksonville doesn't look exceptional. Not saying that he's going to make the roster, but, um, you know, he has a chance to go out there and and give it his, his, his best shot. You know, I likened this to just using your network, right? You know, I work in recruiting and headhunting and all that stuff. We always talk about leveraging your network to try to find your next job. And here Tim Tebow is, you know, calling up his contacts when he when he lost his last job, ready for his next one, you know, <laughs> instead of going to LinkedIn like the rest, the rest of us regular, regular people. I was, I was tough on Tim when he decided to go play baseball. And then I realized, like, he's going to low A. Mm-hmm. The guy that gets cut from the low A roster to put Tim Tebow on it, probably going to go pro in something else other than baseball. You only have 50. The NFL is cutthroat. Like Herb has done Tim a solid by giving him, you know, a contract and a tryout. If he's not one of the best 53, he's not going to be on the roster. Like the, 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 the relationship can only get you in the door. It can't, you know, sit you down at the table and cook your steak for you. Mm-hmm. So if Tim makes the team, it's not because, Hey, we need to sell some jerseys. They'll sell enough Trevor Lawrence jerseys. They'll be okay. Um, so I, I, I'm not against the people being, you know, hating on – people are hating on Kelvin Benjamin getting another opportunity too. If it's your dream to be a pro baseball player, pro football player, and you have the opportunity to do it, go chase it. Whether you're 36 or 37, go chase it. Yeah, it's just scary, bro. Mm. Getting your head banged in at this age, you know. That's – he's got some miles on that head. Uh, Steve Adazio made sure – that he was uh, running right behind the center for a couple of years. I don't know. That Kentucky is scary shit out of me, too. Yeah, it was a scary game. Hmm. Well, best of luck to Timothy Richard Tebow. I think I called him Timothy Robert <laughs> Tebow one time. We got mad. What did I do? <laughs> Why'd you put laugh my ass off? What's going on? Oh, she's oh, Respond to Spence. Spencer. Um, 
All right, so give us. He was us a virgin a- the last time he played in the NFL. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. And now that he's married fact. to Miss Universe. What a wild, uh, what a wild ride. Pun intended, you know. What, mm-hmm. what a career. Brain recognition. Hmm. Well, so let's give a shout out to our friend Greg Brunt. Shout out to the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg got you. Home, auto, life insurance, renter's insurance, anything you may need insured. My man Greg got you. Visit bruntinsurance.com or give him a call at 954-589-2204. Again, visit bruntinsurance.com or give him a call at 954-589-2204. Big coverage. Very good. Very good. Well, it's everybody's favorite uh, time of the show. Actually, nobody's ever told me this is our favorite time of the show, uh, but we still do it anyway. So <laughs> shout out to former Stadium and Gale uh, host Ahmad Black, who was named the other day to be Mulberry High School's defensive back coach. Uh, so congratulations to Ahmad. Best of luck in the start of your coaching career. Shout out to Ahmad. Uh, in women's soccer, the Florida Gators announced today that Tony Amato uh, is going to be leading the Gator soccer program. He has spent a career at Rollins College, at Stephen F. Austin, and then most recently he was with Arizona. He is taking over for Becky Burley, who is the only coach in the University of Florida's thirty, pardon me, twenty-six year uh, soccer. Um, uh, history. So Tony Amato will be joining the staff uh, here today. Scott Strickland announced, so it's exciting time to welcome a new coach to the University of Florida. In other baseball news, pardon me, uh, the Florida Gators baseball team has announced that four players were named to uh, the 2021 SEC baseball uh, award team. Outfielder Judd Fabian was named as a first team all SEC player as well as to the SEC all defensive team. Left-handed pitcher Hunter Barco was named newcomer to the All-SEC team. Catcher Nathan Hickey was also a member of the newcomer All-SEC team. And outfielder Sterling Thompson, must be his last name, freshman All-SEC team, uh, was also named. Nick, do you know the difference between a newcomer and the freshman team? Um, I think with the transfers and then with COVID, they added that. Um, so Sterling Thompson is an actual freshman. Um, Nathan Hickey and Hunter Barco are, we call them COVID freshmen. They were here last year, but every spring sport athlete got a full year of eligibility back. So they're f- freshmen technically, um, but second year players. So they are okay. newcomers, not technically freshmen. Okay. Well, perfect. Well, congratulations to uh, those four players uh, on their honors. A great uh, award for themselves. In men's golf, they came in fifth in their regional after shooting a, uh, I think, the second lowest round uh, on the final day of the tournament to sneak in uh, right ahead of Denver uh, in that fifth spot. And they're going to be advancing to the SEC tournament finals. I believe those are in Scottsdale, Arizona this year. So those begin on Friday. So best of luck to men's golf. Women's lacrosse, who had been on quite a tear, unfortunately did lose to Syracuse 17-11 to 11 in the round of eight. So congratulations on a great season, ladies, and best of luck 
uh, next season. Um, softball advances to the Super Regional after going 3-0 and in their regional, uh, beating USF in the final game, 8-2-0. Three members of the Florida women's volleyball team were – announced that they're going to train with the 2021 USA Volleyball Women's Collegiate National Team. I believe there's 29 total players that were invited and three players, Tiara Caesar, Thayer Hall, and Marley Monserez were all invited to head out to Anaheim, California uh, in the middle of June to practice with those folks. And that is your shortest Gator news of the week. In that time of the year. Where everything's mm. winding down. I know. I'm going to have to go a little deeper into the archives to try to find uh, our Gator news. I look forward to your July, your third week of July Gator news. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get Oh, don't you wait, Nick. I'm going to start announcing random UF alumni that have gotten new jobs. I'm going to start <laughs> announcing professors that earn tenureship and all of it. Don't, don't you worry, Nick. I'm ready. When the content gets slow, we get booming. Business is booming. Business. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We didn't get a we didn't get a Harlem checkup. Oh man, he took his first football loss today, man. No, he took his first football loss, oh, dog. Man. How did he? Yeah, take he, it? Didn't, he didn't take it good at all, man. Mm. He had a great game, dog. Like he was the only re- he was the reason he was in the game. Like just making key plays. Like he got that clutch gene in him, so he was doing his thing. But he just hate to lose. He don't care about like individual stats, dog. So he didn't get that W. Sad walk to the car. What? What positions, he, uh, what positions were we at today? Uh, running back, no quarterback today. Running back, receiver, uh, a lot of rushing. They had, to, they had to put him and just make him start screening the one kid that was killing him. That's how they got back in the game. He just was like just screening up one kid and following him around everywhere. Hmm. But yeah, it was good. It was fun, man. You can't win them all, dog. That's I, that's I, I, you need team sports to get some adversity. Yeah. He had some adversity today. And plus, mm-hmm. he was just like he just had his chest and head up too high, bro. I needed some humility. He's like not wearing shirts around the house no more. <laughs> like, <laughs> he think he's a man. So, I need some am I hearing that you school? might have paid the referees? You're like, listen, my son's walking around shirtless in the house. <laughs> he he's talking back to me. I need him to lose today. Nah, man. They they they'll, they'll beat this team next time. I just don't think they would like. I don't know. They haven't practiced in like a week and a half. Like, we're only showing up to games, but it's all right. It's all fun, bro. It's flag football. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably lose some sleep about it, but he'll be all right. Is he still going to stick a quarterback, or is this a permanent position change, do we think? Oh, no. They rotate him around. They can't. They got to make it fair. So, they try to make mm-hmm. everybody play a little bit of everything. Um, they had a full roster today. When one of the older kids, when the older kids are out playing baseball or something like that, he gets more snaps at quarterback. And what's the number again? I remember we talked about his number. Six. Six. I done making plays. I got a couple of highlights. I didn't get a chance to post them. Uh, I had to rush right back to the stadium, Miguel. I got to do every. I got to do Manscaped, don't I? Yeah. Next next week, we'll, uh, we'll watch his highlight tape, and we'll break it down like we did with Jadarius Perkins. We'll put it up get, on the I'm other screen. Get, yeah, I'm trying to get five stars, bro. I told him Newberg and everybody watching this film. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him he has an film. Alabama offer. He'll easily get five. The Berg bump, baby. <laughs> oh, man. 
Well, let's get a manscape read and then let's get out of here. While you're while you're thinking of that, you also have the song of the week, I believe. So Okay, no problem. I took the uh <laughs> love more I took the love more four point oh four ride this weekend, fellas. <laughs> Got a little carried away. I had some time. I was doing a little little me time. Self care. The only hair on my body right now is probably my mustache, Dan. Mm. No nicks, no cuts, no bruises. Mm. Took care of family jewels and all, man. Lawnmower 4.0. Got the light on there. I had the lights on. I said the move. I lit the incense. You know? I could shave with the light off, Dan. You know why? Mm. The lawnmower 4.0 got that little LED light on it. Shave my whole body in the dark. Didn't miss a hair, Nick. I'm waiting for the ad read next week. Like, did not take the lawnmower 4.0 for a ride last weekend because I had no hair left. Yeah. Yo, only hair I got is a, is a mustache, man. Believe that. That's Not the best great part. folks at Manscaped. That's the best part about the lawnmower 4.0 is you get no nicks, Nick. No nicks, Nick. I don't like. I don't like where this ad read's going. <laughs> it's going. Hey, visit Manscaped.com. Use coupon code SG at checkout for twenty percent off and free shipping. Take that long more 4.04 rod. You know what I was saying? You have a whole different voice for your manscape that read. <laughs> it's like it's like a uh, it's like a sultry uh yeah, it's like it's like no. a blues DJ. Yes, he's, he's, the, he's the his show starts at midnight. Yeah. And he's on a college campus somewhere. Yeah. Spitting some Barry Manilow. It's better yeah. than my I got a I got a script club DJ voice, I do. <laughs> Welcome to Silky Time. Coming to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but ser- but seriously, for um, for for Manscaped, um, I'm a big guy to always be prepared for the holidays. Uh, and Father's Day is coming up soon. Right. Uh, I know I know that fathers usually never get great uh, Father's Day presents. They usually get a tie or some socks or. You know, they, they get something they usually don't want. Now you're about to get some ball deodorant, bro. You're about to get some ball deodorant. <laughs> And then, and you know, maybe they, they sell cologne. If they, I get bald deodorant for Father's Day, I'm riding for sure. Listen, change Silk. I asked Silk, what's the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day? He said love. Change yeah. Silk's mind. Yeah. Get your dad a lawnmower 4.0, some bald deodorant. Go. Yeah, that's Make right. him feel loved on Father's Day. Yeah. You got to get the package. The, what is and it, your, the refine and your package? Mom the refine packs got the crop spray. It got the moisturizer. It got the ball deodorant. It got the lawnmower 4.0. You get the whole shebang. You can't just give me ball deodorant. That's egregious. Do you want just socks? <laughs> no. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, the the they, they're running some Father's Day specials. We're not supposed to be talking about this until tomorrow, but what the hey? Um, they got the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, and they've got cologne. Uh, also available. They got a bunch of different stuff that they're going to be selling. So check them out. A bunch of different specials. Again, use promo code SG for 20% off. And remember, that's the only way that we can continue to do this ad read is when you guys use that. And that's everybody's favorite part of the show. That's why I stick around for Gator News because they know Manscaped's coming after. I better not get no ball deodorant for Father's Day. Or a barbecue grill kit. We'll tell, to, to, Man, my dad, my dad could build a chair with the amount of spatulas he's gotten from Father's Day. <laughs> right? Every year. 
I don't need that no more. That's them still getting it. I'm like, yo, what am I grilling? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? Silk, we need to speak it into existence. What What would be an ideal Father's Day present for you? A Rolex. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, I got song of the week. Yeah, you do. Okay. Damn oh, Rolex. <laughs> hey, man. He said speak it into existence. Shoot or shoot. That's Dude's right. got to shoot. I'm going to go. Let me go freeze tag. Uh, Terrence Martin. Freeze tag. Speaking of music, uh, what did we think of the new J. Cole album? <sighs> Insane, man. I mean, I've listened to that album like 30 times since it dropped. Favorite song? It's insane. <sighs> I keep going back and forth, but right now I think it's um, Pride. Pride is the devil is my joint right now. I like apply pressure, but I think Pride is the devil is is my joint on the re-listens, man. I think there's, mine there's layers the, to it. I like that. I think mine on the re-listens is my life. I think he just snapped his first verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with. Uh, 27 yeah no, 20 not, not, not talking about 21's verse talking about Jake no 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 but that's, that's crazy the song, too. Right? I, I like I like 21 verse on that on that um on that track as well he was bouncing a little bit I liked um, Pride is the devil I like Pride is the devil I'm also a big little baby fan so little baby doesn't miss yeah no he doesn't no nah. yeah hey, he missed thousands. on his he missed on his Kirk Franklin song I haven't heard that is that the is that the Space Jam song that's coming out right Bro, that is wild. I haven't said Kirk, <laughs> Kirk Franklin's name in, in uh, uh, a coon's age, and I've said it twice in like three weeks on this podcast. Age. Okay, and that'll be the last episode of Sadie Miguel. <laughs> that is a um, that is an a that is a that is a an old phrase uh, that has that has nothing to do yeah. uh, with anything other oh, than no, raccoons. No, no. Yeah, where I know, it talks man. about uh, a wild <laughs> raccoon surviving two to three years. Uh, I don't need Nick canceling me on our show, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just young, Dan. Too young like, to know your references. They like, like they gonna just cancel you, bro. They ain't about to cancel both of us. <laughs> I'm stopping <I'm> getting <laughs> dragged down with you, Dan. <laughs> this whole show gets canceled because Nick doesn't understand old phrases. It's all right. <laughs> we need to bring back that culture project. So remember when you used to teach me old phrases uh, yeah, or yeah, uh, yeah. phrases from the from the other side of the. Uh, the, the neighborhood, we need to do that with Nick, but just older phrases so he doesn't try to cancel our own show. Yeah, I like it. Got to coach you, Nick, a little bit. I love it. Well, yes, next week? Same corner, same time, bro. All ready. <laughs> Stolen for me this week. <laughs> what it do, baby? All right, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>
running, running. I've been searching for the love went. I've been looking for the dub and they told me if I move, they go shoot me dead. But I think I'm about to go to love. I've been waiting on the summer. So looking back and wonders. How we pulled to keep from under. They told me put my hands up and I'm Thank you. 